Welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Hitman Chronicles. This is your host, the original great Rob Silver, and today, another special fight preview podcast. As you guys know, Saturday night in San Francisco, Devin Haney goes for another world championship as he takes on the WBC super lightweight champion, Regis Prograce, in a homecoming fight for Devin Haney and a legacy fight for both fighters. Devin Haney trying to get his second world title and this is a legit world champion because Regis Prograce in the last six to eight years has been one of the best fighters at 140 pounds. If you want to talk about who's the best fighter at 140 in the last six to eight years, it's between, well, you know what? Let me backtrack. Since Terrence Crawford left the division, since Terrence Crawford left the division, the best two junior welterweights have been Regis Prograce and Josh Taylor. So Devin Haney, Devin Haney, went after the most available one that has a title in Regis Prograce because we all know Josh Taylor lost to Teofimo Lopez earlier this year. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is an intriguing matchup. This is a fight that I have been looking forward to since they signed to fight. Um, Devin Haney earlier last week gave up all four of his lightweight titles, which I predicted. There's no need for Haney to go back to 135. Win or lose against Regis Prograce, he's not making weight anymore. It took too much for him to make weight in his last three fights, the two against Cambosis and the one against Lomachenko. So he made the right, him and his father, Bill Haney, made the right strategic move. Regis Prograce, this fight is a legacy fight for him. This is the most important fight of his career. This is even more important than his fight against Josh Taylor, which was one of the greatest fights in uh, junior in uh, the junior welterweight slash super lightweight history. Um, Regis Prograce is now 34 years old. He'll be 35 next month. This is a do-or-die fight for Regis. This is a legacy-making fight. If Regis Prograce wins this fight, you got to vote him into the International Boxing Hall, Hall of Fame. He doesn't have that signature win against a great fighter. Devin Haney, at the age of 25, is well on his way to being a member of the International Boxing Hall of Fame. A, winner, a win over Regis Prograce makes it one step closer to being a Hall of Famer. The only problem I have about Regis, about Devin Haney, is his desire to move up to 147 as soon as this fight is over. Uh, but you know what? I'll revisit that when I do my prediction. Today's podcast will have these segments. I'm going to start off with a voice note from my buddy Terrence from New Orleans, who's a huge Regis, Pro, Regis Progress fan and has attended Regis's fights in New Orleans. Terrence, a huge boxing fan. Terrence and I both have a, uh, how do you call it, have a mutual friend, very close friend in real life, um, a doctor from New Orleans. So, you know, Terrence, I consider Terrence my New Orleans brother. So Terrence is going to give you a uh, preview of what he thinks is going to happen with his voice note. I'm going to come back 
And then the next few segments are going to be like this. After we hear Terrence's voice note, I'm going to give you a historical overview of Devin Haney's career. Then I'm going to do what I've been doing on all the preview shows I've done in the past. I did it with Canelo versus Charlo. Is I'm going to do a recreation of both Devin Haney and Regis Progress's biggest wins in their career. I will start with Devin Haney after his historical overview. I do his last fight, his quote-unquote controversial win over Vasily Lomachenko. I don't believe it's controversial. You'll hear my play-by-play. you hear my round-by-round analysis. And you hear after each round, after I recreate the play-by-play, who I thought won the round and why it could have gone either way. And then after the Regis Haney, I mean Regis Haney, the Devin Haney historical overview and the Watch Along versus Vasily Lomachenko, we will play a voice note by my buddy from... um, Tennessee, Kobe. After Kobe uh, talks, I will go into my historical overview of Regis Progress's career. And then I will do the watch along of his fight versus Jose Cepeda from last year when he regained the WBC Super Lightweight Championship. Then we will play a voice note from my Detroit brother, Gritty. And then after Gritty, after we hear Gritty's voice note, I will read my prediction from my Cincinnati brother, Dre, his prediction. And then after I read his prediction, I will do my analysis, my breakdown of what I think will happen this upcoming Saturday night, December 9th, in San Francisco, California, as they've already sold out the building, I understand. So Devin Haney versus Regis Progress, San Francisco, California, December 9th. This is the preview as Devin Haney goes after Regis Progress for the WBC Super Lightweight Championship of the World. We're going to hear Terrence's viewpoint, and then I'm going to come back, comment a little bit of what, about what Terrence said, and then I will do my historical overview of Regis, I mean of Devin Haney's career. What up, OG? Coming to you all the way from New Orleans. I got to uh, give you my prediction on this Pro Graves Haney fight. Um, let, me, let, me, let me say this. Big, big, uh, big shout out to the uh, Hitman Chronicles, bro. Uh, you, you're doing your thing, man, as usual. You're the best at it. You're the best doing it. Man, keep up the good work. Salute, bro. Salute. But let me let me start my prediction by saying uh Regis Progress is gonna win this fight. Uh Devin Haney just doesn't have the power to keep Regis off of him. You know? I mean from start to finish, Regis is gonna beat that body. He's gonna beat that body and it's just gonna be a relentless onslaught. And uh probably around the tenth or eleventh round, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to stop it. Just a sheer uh, accumulation of punches, he's just going to beat him up because those little pity pass shots, they ain't going to work. He ain't never seen anything like Regis. Regis going to get into that boy and he going to wham, he going to wear his ass out. You mark my word, OG, about the 10th, 11th round, they're going to have to stop that shit. He going to beat, <laughs> his daddy ain't going to be able to save him. He going to get a monstrous ass whooping. 
All right, man. Salute, bro. Keep doing your thing, baby. Once again, shout out to my brother Terrence from the Big Easy. Um, I love Terrence's confidence in what Regis might do Saturday night. I'm going to break it all down. Terrence made some great points. And you will see as I do the watch-alongs of both Devin Haney's fights today and Terrence... Um, and Terrence and Regis Progress's fight to, today on the watch along, how their styles match up. And I'll break it completely down, in my opinion, at the end of the podcast, because you know what? I've been wrong in the last two preview shows. Uh, congratulations to Terrence for saying what he said about my show. I do it with a lot of passion. I do anything I'm passionate about, I do it with all the love and heart. Like, when I'm with a woman, I'm completely passionate with that woman like I am with my woman today. If uh, my family, I'm passionate about my family. Uh, my beloved son who passed away on March of 2022 or two last year. Uh, my, uh, my sister, my brother, my nephew. Of course, my mother and my beloved father who's up there in heaven taking care of my beloved son. So, uh, Terrence, your words mean a whole lot to me. And uh, love your breakdown. We will see what happens. There's several scenarios that can actually happen Saturday night. That's why it makes this fight such an intriguing matchup. Intriguing matchup. And, man, if you listen to social media, Regis Progress shouldn't even show up. I mean, why even bother coming into the ring? <laughs> the way that Regis has been ripped left and right on Twitter and social media. But you know what? Regardless of what people say, they have to step in the ring. And Devin Haney on Saturday night has to prove that he is on his way to becoming a legendary all-time great fighter. And so with that, let's get into the historical overview of the 25-year-old Devin Haney's career. Uh, Devin Haney was 14 years old when he... When his father moved him from the Bay Area, where the fight will be held this Saturday night, to Las Vegas. And quickly, he began a brief but successful amateur career. Then, and this will shock you, ladies and gentlemen, um, and it's been brought up by people before, but I'm, I'm completely shocked. Devin turned pro at the age of 17. Now, in the United States, you cannot box at 17. You have to be 18. And I don't know how they uh, worked around that because before he turned 18, he had five fights in the United States. I don't know how that occurred. His first five fights occurred in Mexico. And then in the year 2016, he was still only 17 when he had five pro fights in the United States. Um, so, uh, I, if anybody can explain to me how they were, they were able to, uh, circumvent the rules, because if, in, if you look at the Nevada state athletic commission bylaws, you have to be 18 to fight in a professional fight. And he had, uh, three fights in Vegas, I believe before he turned 18 at the age of 17. Okay. He, he dominated. You, you saw him early in his career on the zone, 
beating guys like Mason Menard, Juan Carlos Burgos. He was very, Antonio Moran, he was very impressive. First time he fought at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, September 13th, 2019. He put on a brilliant display of boxing and stopping Zaul Abdullahif in the ninth round. And then, at this point in time, Devin Haney was 21 going on 22 years old and looking for a shot at Vasily Lomachenko's uh, title. Uh, at that point in time, Vasily Lomachenko was, what was, Lomachenko was, let me make sure I got this correct. Lomachenko was the WBC champion because Lomachenko had defeated Jorge Linares to win the WBC champion. What, uh, what other titles were there around at that point in time? Anyway, that being said, Lomachenko, instead of fighting Devin Haney, gave up the WBC title. They, WBC uh, proclaimed that Vasily Lomachenko was its franchise champion, which is a bullshit champion. And this is where the whole email, Devin Haney, the title, uh, the title joke came. They proclaimed Devin Haney as the WBC champion. Now, when Lomachenko lost the other belts to Teofimo Lopez a year later during the pandemic, uh, Teofimo Lopez tried to claim he was the undisputed champion. No, you're not. Because Lomachenko refused to fight the number one contender in Devin Haney. And then Lopez, instead of fighting Haney, fought Cambosos, lost the title to Cambosos, and now Cambosos mandatory. Not really mandatory. Cambosos wanted to be an undisputed champion. Let me backtrack. Uh, Haney wasn't Teofimo Lopez's um, mandatory because Haney was the WBC champion. There was no WBC title on the line when Lopez beat Loma. So Haney wanted to fight Teofimo Lopez for all the marbles. Instead, Lopez decided to fight Cambosos. And after two... Uh, Delays, two postponements, postponements. Lopez got thoroughly outboxed and beaten by Cambosos. And Cambosos went ahead and dared to be great. Defended his three belts, the WBO, IBF, and WBA titles, against Devin Haney to put together all the titles June 5th, 2026. The winner to be the first undisputed world champion since Pernell Whitaker back in 1991. Before Pernell Whitaker gave up that title and moved up to junior welterweight, then welterweight. Ladies and gentlemen, stop with the bullshit for Bell era. Pernell Whitaker was a WBA, WBC, and IBF champion. The WBO title at that time was considered a joke. That four belt era is a fucking myth. Anyway, back to this fight. Haney went all the way to Australia and twice defeated George Cambosos, winning every second of every round, both fights last year in 2022, in June of 2022 and October 2022. And then this past May, you're going to hear all about it. I do the watch along. He had the toughest fight of his career against Vasily Lomachenko. And I'm going to stop my historical overview right now and go straight into that fight ladies and gentlemen 
real quick, let me tell you what to look for. And the description will be in the podcast of the link to the fight. But real quick, so as to not um, make sure I get this correct. And you might hear a sound. Yeah, I had to mute it there. Okay. You're going to go to, is this the correct? No, that's not the correct one. That This is the correct one. You're going to you're going to go to uh, YouTube, type in Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko. And then I'll be right back to tell you exactly which YouTube channel and what to do in order to watch along. As we recreate the May 20th, 2023 epic encounter between Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now the watch along for the May 20th, 2023 fight, fight that occurred six, a little bit over six months ago. Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko in Haney's biggest fight of his career, even though Haney's coming in as the undisputed lightweight champion of the world, Lomachenko is the best fighter he's ever fought. Biggest test of Devin Haney's career up until this point. And Lomachenko coming off a lackluster effort against Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Ortiz in his last fight and has a lot to prove. Has he lost a step? Is he no longer an elite fighter? Well, we will do the watch along and we will see. Ladies and gentlemen, Mute your devices, mute your smart TVs, mute your laptops, whatever you're watching the watch along on. The link is in the description of the podcast, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Go to YouTube, search Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko, full fight. Then when you see the YouTube channel, Fairy Entertainment, F-A-R-I Entertainment, that's the link that you're going to click on. Click on that link and go to the 13 minute and 6 second mark. 1306. I'm going to give you time if you need to pause the podcast. Fairy Entertainment, Haney versus Lomachenko. 13 minutes and 6 second mark. Pause it there. Mute your devices. I'm going to do the countdown. You should see the referee in between Haney and Lomachenko. Five, four, three, two, one, hit play. And there we go. Referee Harvey Doc giving both fighters their final instructions as we get ready. May 20th of this year, 2023. Devin Haney defending for the second time his undisputed lightweight championship of the world against former lightweight champion and Multiple gold medalist, multi-gold medalist, Vasily Lomachenko. Here we go, round one. Lomachenko, softball, and of course, Devin Haney, conventional. And Devin Haney not moving. Actually, it's Lomachenko that's moving, and Haney coming in, trying to land behind that jab. None of those jabs were close to landing, but at least he's pushing it out. The key to this fight is going to be 
Haney's jab. Oh, nice stiff jab there by Haney. Nice right to the body there by Haney. Another right to the body by Haney. I think the body punching by Haney is key. Stiff, nice stiff jab there by uh, Haney. Lomachenko usually takes a round to figure you out. Figure you out. Nice, another right to the body by Haney. Haney having early success with that right to the body. Lomachenko, like I just mentioned, usually takes a minute uh, around to figure you out, and then steps up his offense beginning with round two. Nice three-punch combination there by Lomachenko. Right jabbing and two left crosses. Two tremendous stylists. Two tremendous boxers. It's rare that you see a fight between fighters with this skill level fighting each other. Lomachenko moving a lot. He'll give you a lot of angles. Haney missed with that right to the body. I guess that's why they call him the Matrix. But Lomachenko has lost a step over the years. Uh, Lomachenko in his prime, I don't think would have ever. Oh, nice four-punch combination by Lomachenko, followed by a combination by Haney. Lomachenko in his prime wouldn't have struggled against Ortiz and Teofimo Lopez, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Another right to the body by Haney. Lomachenko with a nice left cross after missing the right jab. Take, take into consideration, ladies and gentlemen, Haney's not moving a lot. He's being aggressive, and he's fighting a softball. Remember, Regis Progress is a softball. Ooh, uh, nice duck under by Haney to make Lomachenko miss that left cross, and then Haney with another right to the body. The body's there. Now, I wonder if... if, if uh, 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 Right cross, right uppercut by Haney. Now Haney moving back for the first time as Lomachenko ties him up. I wonder if Haney's right to the body will be utilized against Progress. Probably. Oh, nice combination there by Loma at the end of the round. But that round goes to, to Haney, in my opinion. 10-9, first round to Haney because that right jab... I mean, not the right jab, the right to the body. The right to the body landed several times. Lomachenko stepped it up in the second half of the round, but didn't do enough to overcome what I felt was very uh, effective body punching with the right by Devin Haney, as his father, Bill Haney, is giving him instructions in between rounds. One of the best father-son teams I've ever seen, ladies and gentlemen. Both men are on the same wavelength. That was a nice left hook there by Haney as they show the replay. And then Lomachenko lands that right uppercut. That was an elbow, not a punch that landed. And then the other punches barely grazed him. So, yeah, that round definitely, in my opinion, was Devin Haney's as we begin round two.
what's going to be interesting is who can control the action with their jab. Neither man really uh, dominated with their jab in the last round. It was Haney's body punches that I felt was the key factor in the first round. I think it's going to be a key factor throughout this fight. Nice jab there by Haney. Haney pumping the jab out. Nice right to get to the body. Then he followed with a right to the head by Haney. Haney has found success with that. Nice stiff jab by Haney with that right to the body. Lomachenko with a right hook. Combination by Lomachenko. And then he pulls Haney's head down. And Harvey Dock warning him about that. Another right to the body by Haney. Haney with a stiff left jab. Haney finding more success with his jab in this round. And again, he goes to the body. That right to the body. Both men, tremendous defensive fighters. Neither man a, a one-punch knockout artist. Both men, if they stop you, will, will be an accumulation of punches. Haney, another jab. Nice right again to the body by Haney. Double jab by Haney. Haney pumping that jab in this round. Lomachenko misses with a combination. Haney with another right to the body. If it ain't broke, don't fit. Another right to the body by Haney. And then Haney with a stiff left jab. Lomachenko, nice combination there. Another combination by, by Lomachenko. The best spurt of the fight so far in the first two rounds by Lomachenko. Both men landing nice jabs there. Haney missed a double jab there. Left cross there by uh, Lomachenko. Another jab by Haney. A round like this is tough to score. 30 seconds left in the round. Both men have had their moments here in round two. Another right to the body by Haney. Left cross by Lomachenko. Double jab by Haney that missed. Haney missed with that right to the body. Oh, nice left cross over the top by Haney. Another right to the body by Haney. Haney just missed with that right hand. Scored the, the left hook inside. Another right. Lomachenko with a combination that missed. Stiff jab by Haney. Round two. I got to give to Haney. Thought he landed the more effective punches. Lomachenko, I thought, had a better second round. But that right continues to land to the body. And besides that little spurt where uh, Lomachenko landed two consecutive nice combinations, Haney controlled the rest of the round. So I got it 2018 Haney after two rounds as I gave him the first two rounds. Lomachenko's father gives him instructions. Both men have had tremendous success with their father as their head trainer. It used to be when I was young that the most toxic trainer-fighter relationships were father-son relationships. Recently, in the last decade, we've gotten more positive father-son relationships. And you're seeing two of them right there in the Haney's and the Lomachenko's. So we get ready for round three. Say so sure replay. It goes right there. Right to the body has been... On the money so far for Haney as we're in round three. Lomachenko with a nice right jab there. 
Neither man being reckless. This is a, a this is a chess battle. Nice jab by Haney. Two master boxers trying to outbox the other, trying to outmaneuver the other. Haney with another right to the body. And then a jab by Haney. They gotta be careful. If you notice with the uh when you have a soft paw and a conventional fighter that headbutts occur a lot. So they've got to be careful because they did collide heads early in the round. Both men missed with their jabs there. Right cross just missed by Devin Haney. Another right to the body by Haney and a, a combination counter by Lomachenko. Did my feet just... My, my, my feet, yeah, okay, that was... That was just a... Uh, I guess that was the, the footage paused there for a second by itself. Nice... Left uh, cross there by, by Lomachenko. Tough rounds to score. Tough rounds to score. This being one of them. Nice combination by Lomachenko. Lomachenko putting the... Haney now moving. Earlier it was Lomachenko moving. Haney's now moving. Lomachenko with a nice combination to the body. Both men holding and hitting. I hope Harvey Gep, Harvey Doc warning Lomachenko about holding and hitting. He should have warned Haney too. Nice right to the body by Haney. Nice counter left cross by Lomachenko. Haney again goes to the body. Haney cuffed him with that left in there. And then he hit behind the head. I hope, yep, Harvey Doc warning Haney about hitting behind the head. Nice combination by both men inside. Nice left to the body and a combination by Lomachenko. This is the best work of the fight by Lomachenko so far. Easily his best round. As he's putting left cross by Lomachenko. As he's putting pressure on Haney. Haney comes back with a combination. But Lomachenko's been very effective here in round three. But, yeah, they're taking turns. They're taking turns being the aggressor and, and moving. Great chess match here as Haney lands a couple of nice left jabs. Another left jab by Haney. Lomachenko came back with his own left hand. Both men through, uh, missed with their, their jabs there. As the end of round three, I gave that round to Lomachenko 10-9. I got it 29-28 Haney after three rounds. Lomachenko did some great work in that round. Landed some nice combinations. Um, and the left to the body, he's beginning to use that weapon. The left to the body, like Haney's been using the right to the body. Both men know they're in the ring with massive defensive fighters. So they're going to do what they can to land the most effective punches against tough defensive fighters. And that is go to the body. As they show action from the round. That was a nice. That was one of the combinations I talked about. And Haney landed a nice left hook inside. So we get ready for round four. May 20th, 2023. 12 rounds. For the undisputed lightweight championship of the world. Devin Haney defending his title for the second time. Against Vasily Lomachenko. Two of the great stylists in the sport today. Haney starts out with the jab. Now it's Lomachenko moving. I love the ebb and flow of this fight because... Oh, nice right right there by uh, Haney. 
two tremendous defensive fighters, two tremendous stylists. Another right to the body by Haney. Lomachenko spun him around, then landed a nice combination there. Back, back off. You could tell Lomachenko has lost a step because what he just did, he would do over and over again in his prime. Now, he does, the, he does it in spurts. Nice jab by Haney. Like in his fights against Gary Russell Jr. and Nicholas Walters and Guillermo Rigondown. Nice jab by Haney. He would spin you around. Give you angles. Now he does it in spurts. Haney's jab's been very effective. Nice jab in this round. Nice jab to the stomach there by Haney. Haney beginning to land that jab, which he wasn't doing the first three rounds. He quadrupled the jab there. Nice stiff jab right there by Haney. Is now Haney's the one moving. Lomachenko was moving to begin the round. Now it's Haney moving. Haney with a nice jab. Haney's jab this round has been very effective. Oh, nice right over the top by Haney. Another right to the body by Devin Haney. Haney with a stiff jab. That jab beginning to be a, a huge factor now for Devin Haney. Another right to the body by Haney. Lomachenko lands a glancing left cross. Combination by Haney. Left jab, right cross. Jab to the body by Haney. I hit it. Both men hit behind the head in that exchange. And then, and then Harvey Doc acknowledges it by telling both men, stop hitting behind the head. Oh, both men landed nice right hands there. Right cross by Haney. and But Lomachenko started with his right hook. And Lomachenko tackles Haney to the ground after Haney landed a right to the body. <laughs> Haney's lucky he didn't get hurt in that exchange. Nice right cross by Devin Haney. Double jab and a right to the body again by Devin Haney. Beautiful round of boxing by Devin Haney. Nice right cross by Haney to end the round. Easily Haney's round. Round four was Haney's 10-9. I ha now have it 39-37 Haney after four rounds. Not an easy fight to score, ladies and gentlemen. But we're watching intently. This is the type of fight where you have to really, really watch intently on what both fighters are doing. Now, this is technical master. Uh, these are two technical masters. Kudos to both these men's fathers for developing such special talents. And at the end of the day, in my opinion, both men will be first ballot Hall of Famers. As we get ready for round five. Lomachenko needs to go, go to the body more in my opinion. He was effective in the third round with those lefts to the body. He needs to go back to it. Combination by Haney. Left jab, right cross. Combination by Haney again. They show Max Kellerman's scorecard is the same as mine. 
first four rounds, while a couple of them were tough, I think they clear cut. Nice right cross by Devin Haney. Now another right to the body by Haney. Lomachenko landed a nice left cross there, missed with the right hook. As they tie up. Referee Harvey Dock's doing a tremendous job telling these guys not to do what they're doing. Double jab by Haney. Haney missed with the right to the body. For the first time, he missed the right that was right there, but then he landed a left to the body. Nice right jab by Lomachenko. Nice right by Haney. Lomachenko's got to step up his offense. He needs to throw more punches as they tie up. Oh, nice. And as I say, that five-punch combination by Lomachenko. Right to the body again by Haney, followed by a jab by Loma. Left to the body by Haney. Right to the body by Haney. Oh, nice combination by Haney and counter a right jab by Lomachenko. And then, and now Haney pushes Lomachenko down to the floor. <laughs> this is beautiful boxing. Nice jab by Haney. Nice right again to the body by Haney. Great fighters find a way to adjust. And so far, Haney has done the adjusting better. As he continues to go to the body, Lomachenko with a combination. Nice right cross over the top by Haney. Stiff jab by Haney. Haney missed with that right hand. Lomachenko with a jab. Then Haney back to the body with the right hand. I mentioned in the first round that the right to the body was going to be a, a huge factor. And so far, it's been the biggest factor of the fight. And once again, they reverse going. And Haney with a combination again right over the top. Too many spurts of, uh, too many lows in the action by Lomachenko. Where he's going too many, too much. He's going too many seconds without throwing punches. Haney continues to stick the jab and go to the body. Making this another round for Devin Haney. 10-9. 49-46 after five rounds. Lomachenko's got to step up his offense. It's been too inconsistent. I know it's easier said than done. Devin Haney's a defensive master. But Lomachenko's got to go to the body more. The one round I gave him, he landed great body shots, especially that left to the ribcage. And Lomachenko, is, is he bleeding over the right eye? No, he's not bleeding. They were just uh, wiping him down with the, with, with the towel. Bill Haney giving Devin Haney instructions. As we get ready for round six. Haney again goes to the body with the right hand. 
Lomachenko has to start throwing more punches, ladies and gentlemen. Another combination by Haney ending with the right to the body. Left to the body by Haney. I don't think Lomachenko could be Haney backing up. I think he's got to come at Haney. Oh, you know, a lot of holding and hitting in that sequence. At the end of this round, we're going to pause it for a minute because I'm going to have to charge my uh, laptop. And then you guys pause the podcast. And then when I come back, I will tell you the timestamp to pick up round seven. Combination to the body by Haney. Right cross over the top by Haney. Nice combination by Lomachenko. Lomachenko's not throwing enough punches, though. Left cross by Lomachenko. Double hook inside by Haney. I know easier said than done, but Lomachenko's got to let his hands go more often. Nice stiff jab by Haney. Nice jab there by Haney. Nice left cross by Lomachenko. The best punch he's landed the entire fight. Referee Harvey Dock breaks him up. Stiff jab by Haney. Another jab by Haney. Lomachenko not throwing punches. Backing up and not throwing. Not another right to the body by Haney. You can't do that against Devin Haney. Nice uppercut by Haney. Another uppercut by Haney. Lomachenko is not active. He's got to throw more punches. Right to the body by Haney. And once again, he hits him in the back of the head. 30 seconds left in the round. Harvey Doc warning Haney. Haney's better be careful. He could lose a point. He's done that one too many times in this fight. Second time he was warned. Double jab by Haney. Lomachenko putting pressure on, but not throwing punches. Nice three-punch combination. Finished off with a right to the body by Haney. It's going to be another round in the bank for Devin Haney. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we pause it, let me give you... Matter of fact, you guys could pause the... Pause your... Uh, pause, pause your devices. As I get ready to... Uh, Stop this recording because I have to uh, charge up this laptop. But I gave that round again to Haney, 10-9. After six rounds, I have it 59-55, Devin Haney. We'll be right back. All right, I'm back. So let's go back to the fight, back to the YouTube channel that we're watching this watch along. Hold on, let me find it. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to restart the fight at the 37 minute and 8 second mark. 37 minutes and 8 seconds. Go there, and I'm about to do the countdown, and we will pick up between rounds 6 and 7. I've got it 5 rounds to 1, 59-55 in favor of Devin Haney. 5, 4, 3... Two, one, hit play. All right. 
Bill Haney giving Devin Haney instructions. So far, got to give credit to Haney. He's fought a tremendous fight. He's fighting the best fighter of his career. The first Hall of Fame fighter that he's facing. Because, ladies and gentlemen, George Cambosa's only going to the Hall of Fame if he buys a ticket. He, he will never get inducted. And so, Devin Haney facing the first Hall of Fame fighter of his career. And they're going to show you on the replay the body work that he's done throughout the fight. He has landed that right to the body over and over and over again. It's beautiful. The uppercuts and hooks to the body. All with the right hand. As we get ready now for round number seven. Second half of the fight begins. Lomachenko has got to throw more punches. He's got to be busier. And he's got and he's got to counter that right to the body. I mean, Lomachenko is a master boxer. He should be able to time those shots and land with that left of his own, that, that left cross of his own. Heck, Lomachenko, double left cross, right jab. Lomachenko starting off fast here in round seven. He's he probably thinks he's winning. Nice right cross over the top by Devin Haney. Haney actually missed that right cross as Lomachenko blocked it. Double jab by Haney. Lomachenko, see, he had some success at the beginning of the round. He, he stopped throwing punches, and then he threw Haney across the ring. Let's go. Right jab by uh, Lomachenko. Lomachenko has, has, has more success when he's attacking, like right there. Nice left to the body by Lomachenko. In this fight, when, he, when he's had success, it's been when he's been the aggressor, not trying to box. Nice left right there by Lomachenko. He's got to press the action because regardless of what people think, ooh, nice right to the body there by Haney. He's not outboxing Devin Haney. He's got to attack Devin Haney. Oh, double left right there. See the success Lomachenko has when he attacks Haney. Another right to the body by Haney. Doc breaks them up. Double jab by Haney. Haney doing the same thing you're going to see with Regis Progress later on in the podcast when we do the Regis Progress watch along. He doesn't stop throwing that jab, even if he's missing. Nice right cross over the top by Haney. Haney with a right to the body. Lomachenko with a uppercut by Haney. Going into this fight. Going into this fight, I thought Haney would dominate and win a, a decisive decision. And so far, with my eyes, he's doing that. Oh, they both landed hooks at the same time. Nice right again to the body by Haney. And Haney left to the body. See, Lomachenko started to round off well. And then Haney has dominated since. Another left, right, left jab right, right to the body by Devin Haney. This is another round for Haney. Lomachenko started out well, and then the last 
half of the round, Haney went to the body, outsped Lomachenko. Six rounds to one. 69-64, Lomachenko, I have it after seven rounds. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a watch-along, so those who are watching know the result already. But as I said the night after this fight happened on my podcast, how could you say Lomachenko was robbed? I don't see it. I don't see how people said Lomachenko was robbed. Ring Magazine, ESPN. Ring Magazine refuses to take him out of their top 10 pound-for-pound rankings because they thought he was robbed. He was not robbed. We all have the same set of eyes. As we begin round eight, Lomachenko's just not throwing enough punches. Haney's out busy and landing that body shot. Nice right jab there by Lomachenko. Haney's jab fell short there. Nice three-punch combination by Loma. Double right, left cross. Double right jab, left cross. Uppercut by Lomachenko. Lomachenko has more success when he's pursuing Haney. Haney again goes with that right to the body. And um, Haney pushes Lomachenko down. Left jab, right cross, we're right to the body combination missed there. Lomachenko actually stepped out of the way of that right to the body. Nice right over the top by Haney. Ooh, nice left cross by Lomachenko, then a right to the body. Uppercut by Haney missed. Left cross there by, by Lomachenko. Now Haney moving. This is when Lomachenko has his most success when Haney's moving. Another left cross by Lomachenko. Lomachenko let those hands go here in round eight. On my scorecard, he needs to sweep the next five rounds to get a draw. Double jab and a right to the body by Haney. Haney knows that the right to the body as he digs a left to the body while inside has been his signature punch throughout this entire fight. And he's landed probably 70% of those shots. Double jab by Haney. Once again, Lomachenko, too many lulls in the action. Double jab by Haney. When, oh, nice right jab by nice three-punch combination that's set off with a nice right jab by Lomachenko as Haney ties him up. Lomachenko's best round in several rounds. Left cross by uh, Lomachenko. Lomachenko letting those hands go. And he's pursuing Haney. Haney with another right to the body. Ooh, nice combination by Haney. Lomachenko still pursuing him. Right jab there. Haney bounces off with a left jab. Ooh, nice combination by uh, Lomachenko inside. 
the end of the eighth round. That round was definitely Lomachenko's round. 10-9. I now have it 78-74. Devin Haney after eight rounds. Haney does not look tired. That's a testament to he was 24 at the time. He's turned 25 since. His legs. His legs. His legs are much livelier than the veteran Lomachenko's legs. Sean, replay from the fight. There goes that beautiful right jab that Lomachenko landed. Double. That was a double jab, left cross combination that Lomachenko landed early in the round. Round nine begins. Left cross by Haney as Lomachenko was backing off. Right jab by Lomachenko. Nice combination there by Lomachenko. Nice right jab. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck Max Kellerman was seeing given the last three rounds to Lomachenko. Definitely the last round was Lomachenko, but rounds uh, six and seven? Nah, Max Kellerman, you, you, you smoking shit. All right, here we go. Haney walking down Lomachenko. Lomachenko's got to be the aggressor. He cannot be backing up. Nice jab there by Haney. This hit too many lows in the action by Lomachenko. Double jab to the right to the body by Haney. Another jab by Haney. Haney missed with that right hand. Right jab by Lomachenko. Now he's pursuing. Nice right hook by Lomachenko. Nice left cross by Lomachenko. Lomachenko letting his hands go. Nice combination inside by Lomachenko. Ooh, nice left cross by Lomachenko. As they tie up inside. Halfway through the round, I got Lomachenko with a slight edge so far in this round. He's letting his hands go. He's throwing combinations. Nice right to the body by... Haney and Lomachenko counter with a left cross and then a nice four-punch combination by Loma. Combination inside by Loma as he jumps up and then they tie up. Double jab by uh, Haney fell short. Lomachenko with a nice left cross. You don't see the angles that Lomachenko used to give people in his prime. Nice right jab by Lomachenko. Lomachenko's definitely lost. Oh, nice left cross by Lomachenko. Definitely lost a step. But still, he is one of the best lightweights in the world. And even though I've got Haney winning six of the first eight rounds, it has not been easy. Haney's had to fight with his entire repertoire, especially that right cross to the body, that right hook, right cross to the body. Nice left cross there by, by Lomachenko, right down the pipe. The momentum of this fight looks to have gone 
Lomachenko's way. As the round's about to, to end, and it's going to be another round. I've given to Lomachenko. I've given him the last two rounds. And now, after nine rounds, I have it 87-84, Devin Haney. Bill Haney continues to give Devin Haney instructions. Um, Zab Judah's father, Yoel Judah, is the is the guy that's got the that's putting the uh, what you call it uh, the guy with the black gloves. Uh, Yoel Judah, father Zab Judah, they were another father son championship team. But there was times when those two uh, combated each other that were at odds with each other. But one thing about Zab, he's always said how much he loved his father. That was a nice, that was a nice exchange right there inside. They left, boom. That nice right cross by Haney. Not enough to win that round though. Round 10 begins. In order for Lomachenko to get a draw on my scorecard, he's got to sweep the last three rounds. From the winner of my scorecard, he's got to score at least one knockdown while sweeping the last three rounds. That's what he has to do. Nice right jab by Lomachenko. Nice right jab there by Lomachenko. Lomachenko giving Haney angles in this round, and he's um he's been able to avoid Haney's shots while landing two of the be better shots. There goes a left to the body by Haney. Still, I want to see Lomachenko throw more, throw more punches. Nice left cross right there by... And, oh, nice five-punch, six-seven-punch combination by Lomachenko. He's got to do more of that. He's got to do more of that. Left cross by Lomachenko, and they tie up. Great start to this round by Lomachenko. He's he's landed the much more significant punches in this round. Haney's only landed that one shot to the body so far in this round. So the momentum continues for Vasily Lomachenko that began in round seven. We're now in round ten. Or that began in round eight. We're now in round ten. Nice left to the body by Haney, followed by a right cross over the top by Haney. Haney with a combination inside. Common left jab, right cross combination by Haney. See, this is, oh, nice right inside by uh, Lomachenko. This is when Lomachenko gets himself in trouble, when he stops throwing punches and lets Haney do all the punching. Nice left cross by Lomachenko, right hook by Lomachenko. Haney inside with a nice combination. Some nice exchanges in the last few seconds between the two men. Two of the best master boxers in the sport. Another right to the body by Devin Haney off of a three-punch combination. Two master chess players, ladies and gentlemen. First half of the round was Lomachenko's. Haney's dominating the second half of the round. It's going to be a tough round to score.
See, Lomachenko has done absolutely nothing in the second half of the round. You cannot do this, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot do this in a huge fight. He's, he's done nothing in the second half of this round. End of the round. Oh, that was a tough round to score. Oh, man. First half of the round was all Lomachenko. Second half of the round was all Haney. I'm going to give that round to Lomachenko. I mean, a gun to my head. That was one of, see, ladies and gentlemen, rounds like that, you cannot call a fight a robbery if you got rounds like that could, that could have gone either way. 10-9 Lomachenko in the 10th round. I now have Haney winning 96-94 going into the 11th round. Haney was being out punched in the first half of the round with shots like that, that they're shown on the replay. Combination. Oh, now it makes me feel even better that I gave Lomachenko the round because those were the most impressive combinations of the round. Even on the second half of the round, Lomachenko stopped throwing punches. But that was a brilliant combination he landed there. Nice flurry as the, that, that he uh, landed in the first half of round 10 as we go to round 11. Lomachenko continues on his momentum, even though he, uh, oh, there, he, he doubled the output. So, yeah, Lomachenko won that round. I made the right choice. <laughs> round 11. Lomachenko stalking Haney, which, is, which has been when Lomachenko's had the most success, when he's gone. Nice combination inside by Lomachenko. Nice left by Lomachenko. Lomachenko coming out, firing here in round 11. Haney with a right over the top that might have just hit uh, Lomachenko's shoulder. Left cross, right hook combination by Lomachenko. So far, this has been a tale of two fights. The first half of the fight was Haney. Second half of the fight, dominated. Nice three-punch combination by Lomachenko. It's been dominated by Lomachenko. This has been a tale of two fights. Oh, nice combination again by uh, Lomachenko. And Haney has stopped throwing that right to the body. Probably the adjustments Lomachenko made, even at his advanced age, even as he's lost a step, he's still a great fighter. Combination by Lomachenko. Lomachenko forcing the action, putting the pressure on Haney that he should have started early. Three-punch combination by Lomachenko. Lomachenko should have not left. Cross by Lomachenko. Lomachenko should have started this earlier in the fight. Right jab by Lomachenko. Lomachenko carried the action here in round 11. Haney missed with that right cross. Stiff jab by Lomachenko. Left to the body. Three punch combination. Combination again by Lomachenko. He landed a digging combination to the body. Left cross by Lomachenko. This is Lomachenko's best round of the fight so far. He has really stepped it up here in round 11. And he stepped it up in the last four rounds. Now, there's a lull in the action here, but you know what? Lomachenko's done enough where he could do a lull because he's got this round. He's, uh, unless Haney hurts Lomachenko, this is Lomachenko's round. He has completely dominated this round. 
I just don't like him backing away. He's better when he's moving. And see, when he's backing away, that's when Haney can land the right to the body like he just did. This was definitely Lomachenko's round. Left hook by Haney, double jab, but not enough to capture that round. That round was Lomachenko's. I now have it. 105-104 Haney going into the 12th and final round. As I've got Lomachenko sweeping the last four rounds. Haney giving his son instructions. This fight is up in the air. I know he's telling Devin that that Devin's got to, Devin's got to go all out. Look, neither man's going to knock the other out. Neither man has the punching power to knock either guy out. These guys, that was a nice right hook there by Lomachenko. That was his best punch of the fight. Here we go, the 12th and final round, and these guys, the fight's in the air. The fight's up in the air. These guys have to give it their all. Oh my God, Lomachenko out-punched Taney 20-2 to two that last round. They butted heads there. They got to be careful. That's another thing you can't go by punch stats numbers because that was one round in which Lomachenko outlanded Haney. And so at the end of the fight, if Lomachenko's landing more punches, it's because of a round like that. Doesn't mean he did that in several rounds. Haney fighting with much more urgency, and so is Lomachenko here in the beginning. Oh, nice uppercut by Haney. Nice stiff jab by, by Devin Haney. Oh, nice left jab right to the body. Combination inside by Haney. Haney going back to the body, which has been his signature punch throughout the entire fight. But if you notice, it's been few and far between right to the body in the last four rounds. They tie up inside. So far, a tough round to score here in the 11th round. Oh, they both landed right there. Nice right to the body again by Haney. Haney slipped there. He almost fell. Got to be lucky. Lucky he didn't tweak his ankle there. Lomachenko putting the pressure on Haney with a nice combination. Nice combination again by Haney. Lomachenko with a combination right back. They tie up. Minute and 10 seconds left in the round. Still, I don't have a clear-cut winner of this round. Nice double jab right to the body. Another right over the top by Haney. Right to the body by Haney. Haney going back to the body. Combination by Lomachenko. Oh, nice right uppercut to the body by Haney. After Lomachenko had just missed with his left cross. Another right to the body by Haney. Haney going back to his money punch in this fight. Another right to the body by Haney, followed by a left cross by Lomachenko. Less than 30 seconds left in this round. I got Haney with a slight edge. Let's see what happens in these last seconds. Another right to the body by Haney. 
Right cross by Haney as Lomachenko pursued Haney but missed all three of those shots. Nice jab there by Haney. Fight's almost over, and that's the end of the round. The end of the fight. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, y'all could uh, y'all could pause, y'all could end the uh, the feed there. Y'all could end the feed there. I had it now. Originally, when I saw this fight live the night of May twentieth, I had. Haney winning 116-112. Well, my final score today was Haney 115-113. No way in the world was this a robbery. There were several close rounds that both men won on my scorecard. Um, Lomachenko came on strong, but Haney out-hustled him in the 12th and final round and went on my scorecard. After the fight ended, Lomachenko said he took the 12th round off because he thought he had to fight in the bag. That was a stupid tactical error on Lomachenko's part. Anyway... That ends the watch-along of Devin Haney versus Vasily Lomachenko. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to review what both guys did well and what both guys did wrong in the watch-alongs that we saw on this podcast before making my prediction. Now, before we begin, Regis Progress's historical overview and watch-along fight versus Jose Cepeda, I'm going to play the voice note Sent to in, sent to me by my good buddy Kobe. So you're gonna listen to Kobe, and then I'll be back with the Regis Progress portion of the podcast. Peace, brother Rob. All right, Devin Haney versus Regis Progray. Uh, first things first, man. I love the matchup. Uh, this is really one of those matchups that makes you a boxing fan that you want to tune in to see because of what's going on. On one end, you got Regis Progray, a veteran, a champion that's been in some tough fights, but proven that he knows what he's doing, given the right opponent. And then you got a guy in Devin Haney, a young guy in his prime, former champion, stepping in as a challenger. There's a lot of things about this matchup that I like, but that's the first thing right there. You got two guys that feel like they're the champion going into this fight. Neither one of these dudes feels like the other one is better than them in any particular department. Now, as far as a skills matchup, that's even more interesting because you know what they bring into the table. Devin Haney is a boxer. Devin Haney is a guy that's going in there to score points and win rounds. Regis Progray is a guy who approaches a boxing match as if it's a fight. He's in there to do damage to you. He's in there to try to hurt you to win rounds and really, you know, put it on you in a way that makes it undisputable that he won each round. Um, As far as how the fight is going to go, that's even more interesting to me because with Devin Haney moving up in weight and not draining himself to get down 135 pounds, it's interesting to see what he's going to look like moving up. It's interesting to see if his style is going to change, if he's going to stand his ground a little bit more, if he's going to try to sit down on his punches a little bit more. Overall, also his conditioning and what he's able to do 
for all three minutes of each round. With Regis Progray, I always felt like he matches up better with fighters that are coming forward and trying to apply pressure to him because of his style. Um, he's a guy that wants to get close to you. He wants to rough you up, you know, use a little bit of the elbows, work both hands underneath, uppercuts, hooks, all of that stuff there. If Devin Haney can outbox him at long range, but also at close distance, kind of use that increased physicality and that bigger frame, if he can tie him up, and minimize some of that inside work, I think it's going to be an easy night for Devin Hank, as long as he can avoid staying in there for too long. Um, for whatever reason, Rob, people don't necessarily like Devin Haney, I think because of his personality, which is bullshit, and because of his father or whatever, but none of that has anything to do with boxing. If you look at the matchmaking in his career, and the way that him and his dad have progressed him, Devin Haney is ready to fight just about anybody because of the previous fights that he's been in. There are a lot of guys that win titles and then move up in weight and go backwards in their level of competition. Devin Haney, since he's become a champion, has not taken a single step backwards as far as progression in his level of competition. And I think that's very important for him going into this fight. He had the roughest fight of his career versus Vasil Lomachenko back in May. Moves up in weight, and now he's fighting one of the top fighters at 140 pounds. That's what you want to see from a young fighter, and that's what you want to see from somebody who actually cares about where they are in their career. With Regis Progray, the other thing that I'm going to say is that as far as his style goes, I don't really see him as the boxer in any particular matchup. In a street fight, Regis Progray will fuck somebody up, Rob. Overall, with his style in the ring, he fights like a guy that doesn't necessarily have a game plan, but lets the fight come to him. And when you're going up against better boxers or guys that have a solid game plan on what they're going to do round to round, you go run into some problems because you can't really improvise too much against somebody who's being effective. Um, props to Regis Progray for being the champion and going into Devin Haney's backyard. A lot of current fighters would be way too um, diva-ish, if I could use that term, when it comes to fighting in somebody else's backyard. Regis Progray doesn't care who he fights. He was trying to fight Teofimo Lopez. That didn't happen. I think he wanted to fight Jose Ramirez for like the last five, six years, and that dude just ducked him. Top rank wanted no parts of putting their guys in with Regis Progray. He went to Scotland, or my bad, England, to fight Josh Taylor in a close fight. Regis Progray doesn't care who he fights or where he fights. The only thing is, in this matchup here, the youth is on Devin Haney's side. The style matchup is on his side. And all of the momentum of the previous matchmaking is also on his side. It's not impossible for Regis Progray to win. I just think it's going to be very challenging. 
And for him to pull out the victory, it's going to take the kind of effort that a lot of guys in their mid-30s normally don't pull out. The prediction for me in this fight here is Devin Haney on a close, unanimous decision. Probably eight rounds to four, somewhere along those lines there. The last thing I'm going to say, though, is that I think Devin Haney and his dad need to have an understanding that he's not as slick a fighter as they think he is. And what I mean is that for a guy that's about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, with a 72-inch reach, it's strange because I think when Devin Haney stops using his legs and tries to shoulder roll and be in the pocket a little bit more, He's a big target. Most times he gets hurt and gets hit clean is because he's standing stationary and trying to be slick. He's better when he's using his feet and sticking and moving. But that's all I got, Rob. Peace to you, brother. Happy Thanksgiving. My bad if it's a little long-winded, but I'll catch you on the next one. I'm out of here. Man, once again, Kobe with an excellent, excellent breakdown of what could happen of both men's signature styles. Brilliant stuff by Kobe, and I like his prediction. The way he sorted out, the way he broke it down, and then the way he came to his conclusion, wonderfully done. I don't think I could I could do a better job. We will see when I do my prediction later on in the podcast, but I can easily see the fight happening the way Kobe laid it out. So we will see, and then um, I will talk about my prediction later on. Um, man, he made some great, Kobe made some great points about Haney's career. Um, it was a beautiful addition to my historical overview of Haney's career. Because he mentioned how he was brought along correctly. The development of a boxer is very important. And today, you see lack of development. You see fighters being rushed too soon. Um, which I think is happening with Keyshawn Davis. Well, we, we will see if I'm wrong. I think top rank is pushing Kevin Davis too soon. Ke- Keyshawn Davis too soon. Kelvin Davis is a different fighter. They're pushing Keyshawn Davis too soon, in my opinion, while Devin Haney progressed. And then when he was ready to fight Lomachenko the first time, Lomachenko rejected to fight him. But he continued to fight fighters like a Jorge Linares, like a Jojo Diaz, Jojo Diaz, and then until he finally got his shot at the title. Now we're going to talk about Regis Progress and talk about somebody that was ducked. Both of these fighters have been ducked by world champions, and I'm going to piggyback on something Kobe said about Regis being ducked by Jose Ramirez. I'll bring it all up as we do the historical overview of Regis Progress. Regis Progress, born in New Orleans, Louisiana, and of course he was forced to move to Houston, Texas during the whole Hurricane Katrina debacle and and tragedy in 2005. Um, I went to school in New Orleans many, many years ago. Uh, I left New Orleans the year... Regis Prograves was born in 1989. Regis, I'm not your father. <laughs> I don't think 
I might have known Regis's mother. I don't know. Regis, if you lived out in New Orleans East back in the day, I don't know. I might have had relations. Now, nah, let me stop. I no disrespect to your mom, Regis. She's a beautiful woman. I'm just joking. So I, I take that back. Um, I'm not going to delete this. I was, it's just a joke. Poor joke. Poor taste of joke. So delete that from the conversation. Regis Progress was born in 1989, the same year that um, I left New Orleans to come back to New York City. And I love the city of New Orleans, and it broke my heart when in 2005 that hurricane hit that city and so many people lost their homes, so many people lost their lives. An ex-girlfriend of mine was missing for about four or five months, but they found her. They found her. She just couldn't contact her people, her, her family. So Regis was forced to move to Houston, Texas, like a lot of people uh, were forced to. Houston became the unofficial home of New Orleans black folk that lost their homes, lost their livelihood because of the hurricane. Regis overcame that. He was 16, 16, going on 17 years old at the time that that occurred and developed into a tremendous amateur boxer and then turned pro at the age. How old was Regis when he turned pro? Because Regis Progress turned pro in 2012, so Regis would have been 21 years old when he turned pro. And for the first three years of his career, between 2012 and 2015, the majority of Regis's fights were held in either Louisiana or Texas. Um, he became a fan favorite, as Terrence had mentioned earlier in, in, in the um podcast with his voice note he became a uh someone that the the boxing fans and the sports fans of new orleans could cheer because in the history of boxing new orleans has not had that many uh, great uh, that many great fighters i mean you know you have tony canzaneri and then you got regis progress years later um the closest, when I was living in New Orleans, you had a guy named John Super D. Duplessis. Terrence knows exactly who I'm talking about. Who got a shot at Julio Cesar Chavez's title, and Chavez obliterated him, destroyed him. John Super D. Duplessis, I knew a cousin of his. I went to college with a cousin of his. I mean, this fine, fine red bone chick named Lori. Uh, she was a, a cousin of, of, of John. Um, but John... John was never what I consider an elite fighter, but he was the best in New Orleans for a very long time. And now Regis finally, in Regis' progress, New Orleans has a hometown fighter that has had an excellent career. Regis has had a very good... Oh, my bad. I keep saying Tony Casanari. I keep forgetting about Willie Pastrano, who was a great light heavyweight champion that was trained by Angelo Dundee. He's a New Orleans... Uh, product from the early 60s so ladies and gentlemen i apologize i believe willie pastrano lost his title to jose torres but pastrano was a slick boxer and right now you'd have casanary one pastrano two and regis progress three as far as the greatest fighters in my opinion ever to come out of new orleans louisiana uh, but for a long time new orleans didn't have anyone to claim as a great boxer you have regis progress who's had a tremendous career First time I saw Regis Progress fight on TV was his fight, I believe, December of 2015 against 
Abel Ramos. And he beat the living hell out of Abel Ramos to win what used to be a prestigious regional title, the North American Boxing Federation Junior Welterweight title. And then Regis began blowing away contender after contender, destroyed Joel Diaz Jr. June of 2017, and finally got a shot against Julius Ndongo and won his first world title, knock it out Ndongo in the second round. This was right after this was right after Ndago had gotten obliterated by Terence Crawford, and Terence Crawford gave up all his titles to move up to 147 pounds. Ndago fought Regis Progress for the vacant WBC title, and Progress decapitated Ndango in two rounds to become the WBC champion March 9th, 2018. And then we marched on. He, uh, Regis obliterated Terry Flanagan, destroyed Cairo Relic, a, the, a very overrated fighter. And then one of the greatest fights in super lightweight junior welterweight history. October 26, 2019. In the World Boxing Super Series tournament, you had Josh Taylor against Regis Prograce. This was the tournament final, and the winner would do their best to try and get a fight with Jose Ramirez for the undisputed welterweight, junior welterweight title. In that fight, it was a great fight. Uh, Josh Taylor, I think, edged, barely edged uh, Regis. It was a great fight. A lot of back and forth action. That was the best performance of Josh Taylor's career. As Taylor won a very close decision. And then Josh Taylor went to fight a guy that Kobe mentioned ducked Regis. Regis tried to get a fight with uh, Jose Ramirez. Matter of fact, when he beat Julius Ndongo, it was for a interim WBC title. Eventually, Jose Ramirez became the regular WBC champion. You see all these alphabet criminal cartels with these multiple champions within their own sanctioning body is fucking ridiculous. But Ramirez refused to fight Regis Progress. Like Kobe said, he ducked Regis Progress because in my opinion, Regis Progress would have decapitated Jose Ramirez. Ramirez waited until the World Boxing Super Series was over, fought Josh Taylor, and Josh Taylor in a very good fight outpointed Ramirez to become undisputed junior welterweight champion. Josh Taylor refused to give Regis Progress a rematch. Regis Progress, after losing in 2019 to Josh Taylor, couldn't get a rematch with Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor instead fought Jack Catterall in one of the worst robberies in boxing history and got the win undeservedly. And then, one by one, Catterall I mean, not Catterall. Taylor relinquished titles. He relinquished the WBC title. He relinquished the IBF title. He relinquished the WBA title. Refused to fight Catterall in a rematch. And instead, for Teofimo Lopez. Lopez beat Catterall to win the remaining title. Catterall has the WBO title. But I'll give Lopez credit since he beat the man who beat the man who beat the man. Lopez, in my opinion, is the real junior welterweight super lightweight champion.
Devin Haney wanted a fight with Tio Lopez. That didn't happen. Instead, he got the fight with Regis Progress, and I'm happy for Regis Progress. Finally, Regis Progress, after three years, three years after losing his title to Josh Taylor, finally, this was this criminal. He lost his title in a very close decision in a great fight to Josh Taylor in 2019. He didn't get the re uh, another shot at a world title at Junior Lightweight until his last fight. Well, not his last fight, until November 26, 2022. Three years. It took three years in a, in a month. October 2019, he lost title. It wasn't until November 2022 that he got another title shot, and we will be talking about that fight right now. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me get the, uh, let me get the, uh, let me get you the, uh, link as we're going to look at the November 26th, November 26th, 2022 fight between Regis Prograce and Jose Cepeda. Okay. You're going to type in on your YouTube search engine, Jose Cepeda versus Regis Prograce. It's going to be under the YouTube channel, DD Sport TV, capital D, capital D Sport TV. Okay. Um, I will be back with the timestamp. Also the description, the link of this fight will be in the description of the podcast. So I'll be right back. Pause your, pause your, uh, pause the podcast and go to the YouTube channel and I'll be right back so we could do the watch along for the November 26, 2022 vacant WBC Super Lightweight Championship fight between Regis Prograce and Jose Cepeda. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do the watch along of Regis Prograce versus Jose Cepeda. So, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, head over to YouTube, go mute your devices. Mute your uh, smart TVs, your laptops, your pads, your iPads. And I will give you the timestamp, okay? I will tell you what to do to search. You're going to search Regis Prograce versus Jose Cepeda, okay? And let me see which of the ones we're going to pick, which of the YouTube channels we're going to pick. And... The YouTube channel that the entire fight is on that we're going to do the watch along and my recreation of the play-by-play. The YouTube channel is called DD Sport TV. D, the letter D, letter D, Sport TV. All right. Once you see that, mute your devices. And there won't be no timestamp. I'm going to count down and you're going to hit play because the fight the uh what you call it the the link of the fight on dd sport tv starts from the very beginning so there's no need to do a timestamp. i'm going to do the countdown and then you guys are going to hit play regis progress versus jose cepeda for the vacant wbc super lightweight championship of the world a title that was vacated by josh taylor who had defeated Regis Prograce to win that title back in 2018. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, was it 2019? 
I'm recording this after I've done. I rec- I'm recording this before I do the Regis Pro Grace historical overview. So you'll know exactly what day he lost the title to Josh Taylor on the historical overview. Okay, I'm beginning the countdown. As soon as I finish the countdown and say hit play, hit play. Five, four, three, two, one, hit play. And there you go, Regis Prograce. The referee is giving the instructions to both Regis and Jose Cepeda. All right, we're getting ready for round one for the vacant WBC Super Lightweight Championship of the World. Regis Prograce's only loss, of course, was to Josh Taylor, as I mentioned in Regis Prograce's historical overview. Jose Cepeda, Cepeda has had an excellent career as one of the best super lightweight contenders of the past five to six years. He's given everybody hell, and I expect him to give Prograce hell. This will not be an easy fight for the favorite Regis Prograce as round one begins. And, you know, this, this has become a... It, this used to be rare, two softballs going at, at each other in a title fight. It's become a more common occurrence in the last 15 years. Both men sizing each other up, filling each other up. This is going to be um, a challenge of two men who have excellent jazz for softballs. Right now, progress is fading, and they both... Might have landed their right jabs there, but it's been a feel-out round so far in the first 40 seconds of round one. Regis misses with a right hook, and Prograce continues to try to snap that jab. Regis misses with a double jab. Both men falling short of their jab so far in this first round. Uneventful round. Both men trying to establish their jab, but haven't been successful in doing so. There goes a nice jab there by uh, Cepeda. Another nice jab by Cepeda. I always felt the key to this fight is whoever can establish and maintain dominance with the right jab. Prograce's best performances have been behind that right jab. He's He's been mistakenly called a power puncher. Prograce is a boxer who knocks people out. He just doesn't go at you as a slugger, as a brawler. Everything is done off that soft paw right jab of his. And Cepeda misses with a double jab. Ooh, nice double jab left cross combination by Cepeda. Cepeda's had more success so far in the first minute and a half, minute 50 of this of this round. Progress is yet to land that right jab. Oh, nice right jab. And he just missed with a left cross there by Cepeda. Cepeda carrying the action in the first round. He's been the more accurate. Oh, nice left cross by by, by Prograce. Then a combination inside by Cepeda. Prograce with a jab to the body. As I mentioned before, Cepeda is one of the toughest junior lightweights. One of the best junior light, uh, junior welterweights slash super lightweights of the last Six, seven years. Never an easy fight. Right hook and then he missed with a jab by 
Cepeda, Cepeda carrying the action in the first round. Ten seconds left in round one. Jab to the body by Cepeda. Yeah, Prograce fell. I, the Prograce, I don't believe, landed a single jab in that round, even though he threw several. Round one, I gave to Cepeda 10-9. One of the greatest fights in super lightweight history was Cepeda's war with Ivan Baranchik. What a war. And Cepeda, they dropped each other several times, and then Cepeda knocked him out in a war. Um, not the greatest super lightweight slash junior welterweight fight I've ever seen, but it's definitely up there. The greatest one, of course, being... The first fight between Alexis Arguello and Aaron Pryor in November of 1982. As the replay shows the success Cepeda had throughout the first round, he beat Progress to the punch and was much more accurate as we get ready for round two. There goes a nice jab by uh, Cepeda. Cepeda with another jab. So far, Cepeda has had the better jab. Progress has thrown several, but hasn't really landed any. But even though he's been unsuccessful with landing his jab, Progress has got to continue to stay. There goes a jab he landed. He's got to continue to snap that jab because all of Progress's success throughout his entire career has always started with that right jab as he lands the jab to the body. Ooh, nice stiff jab there by Progress. Progress starting out better in this round as his jab. There goes a right hook by Cepeda. Nice stiff jab by Progress. Progress having much more success with that jab here in round two. Cepeda landed a nice jab to the midsection. Progress missed with a left cross. Ooh, nice double jab by Cepeda. Progress always with that herky-jerky motion. Always with that herky-jerky motion. Ooh, nice stiff jab there by uh, Progress. It's going to be very interesting to see how Haney deals with Progress's herky-jerky act, uh, 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 herky-jerky um, movements. Ooh, nice double jab, left cross combination by Cepeda. Cepeda landed a double jab again. Cepeda's had the better jab in the first two rounds so far. Pro Progress cannot allow himself to be fooled. Nice left cross over the top by Progress. A lot of feigning here done by Progress in this round, and he lands a jab to the body. He's had a much more, much better round here in round two with that jab. They got to be careful. Their heads keep coming together. Nice right jab by, by Cepeda. Oh, nice left cross over the top by, by Progress. Progress beginning to warm up, beginning to land, beginning to, beginning to be much more accurate here in the second round.
Not a lot going on. A lot of fainting and missed jabs here by both men. As we come in to the end of round two. Tough round to score. Ooh, nice right hook inside by Cepeda at the end of the round. Tough round to score. A lot of ebb and flows in that round. Um, Progres did a much better job landing his right jab and landed a couple of nice left crosses in that round. Um, yeah, I'm going to give that round to Progres. So after two rounds, I have it 19-19. I gave round two to Progres 10-9, but that round could have gone either way. Very tough round to score. First round was easy to score as Cepeda was the much more accurate fighter with his jab. As they show um, highlights of round two. Here, there goes that left cross, which is the best punch of the fight so far, was that left cross that Progress landed in round two. As we get ready for round three. Expect to see this type of of of, of action, a type of uh, strategy from Progress against uh, Devin Haney, constantly throwing that right jab. Oh, he just missed with a right hook left combination. A nice combination counter combination by Progress. Will Haney's constant movement and stiff left jab of his own will that be able to keep Haney? keep progress off of Haney and to keep Haney and for Haney to keep progress at bay. We will see. I'll break down what I think will happen at the very end of this podcast. Round three. Once again, a lot of fainting by both men. Nothing significant yet. Oh, nice left cross over the top by progress. Progress beginning to land that left cross. There goes the jab by progress. Progress keeps pumping that jab. Nice jab. Oh, nice. Both men landed nice jab, right jabs there. Nice left cross over the top by Redondo. Oh, beautiful left cross by Progress there. Double jab by Pro Progress beginning to open up, beginning, beginning to be more accurate. Nice combination inside by Cepeda. Cepeda, such a tough fighter. Such a tough, a fundamentally sound fighter who can, who can outbox you and also, if need be, outslug you as he did against Baranchek. Tough fighter, Jose Cepeda, Cepeda is. Oh, nice combination by Cepeda. Double jab by Prograce. Cepeda fell short with both those jabs. Regis Prograce, probably the best fighter to come out of New Orleans, says Tony Cancenari. Nice jab. Not another jab by Prograce. Prograce jab has become much more effective the last couple of rounds. And his entire offense is predicated on the success of his jab. Oh, nice left cross by Prograce. Another left cross by Prograce. And everything's coming off that right jab. 
It's going to be a key to see if he can land that left cross against Devin Haney. Nice stiff jab by Cepeda. Ooh, nice stiff jab by Cepeda. A double jab by Prograce. The end of round three, that round was Prograce's 10-9. I've got Prograce ahead 29-28 after three rounds. Prograce beginning to land that beautiful left cross of his. As we look into Prograce's corner. Like I mentioned, you know, uh, just a moment ago, in my opinion, Regis Prograce is the second best fight ever to come out of New Orleans. Tony Canzaneri being the greatest fight ever to come out of New Orleans. Tony Canzaneri, former undisputed lightweight champion of the world. As they're showing a replay, there, there was a nice right hook there by Prograce, followed by a left cross that just missed. There goes a left cross there by Prograce that landed in uh, Prograce's off balance after landing it. As we get ready for round four, 12 rounds for the undisputed WBC super lightweight championship of the world. Once again, both men coming out trying to establish their jabs. Just like this fight, the Prograce versus Haney fight, it's going to be a battle of who can establish the jab. Whoever established the jab, Haney in the Haney Prograce fight will, I believe, eventually win the fight. The key is the jab. It's going to be, it's going to be very tough because both men have excellent jabs, Devin Haney and Regis Prograce. Devin Haney, of course, being the quicker boxer. Nice double jab there by Prograce. And Cepeda continues to st stick out his jab. See, Prograce always leaves his right hand down low by his trunks. And Haney has got to take advantage of that by sticking that jab out right where Prograce's right hand is laying down. Is laying, you know, it's down. It's always down. He keeps his hands low. Nice double jab by Prograce. Nice double jab, and he just missed with the left cross by Prograce. You look at Prograce's style, it's... You could tell that he idolized Roy Jones Jr. because he's got that herky-jerky motion like Roy and he keeps his uh, lead hand down low like Roy. Nice stiff jab by, by Regis, but not to, that, that's where the comparison ends because as great a career as Regis Progress has had, he's not on the level of Roy Jones Jr. Ooh, nice stiff jab by, by, by Progress. Then again... Not too many people are, as Roy's in my Mount Rushmore of greatest fighters I've seen since I started watching boxing in 1977. Ooh, stiff jab by Prograce. Another jab by Prograce. Left cross over the top, right to the body by Prograce. Prograce having... As each round continues, Prograce having more and more success. Left cross by Prograce. They butted heads just before uh, that last exchange. Nice stiff jab by Prograce. Cepeda, oh, Cepeda inside. Oh, stiff double jab by Prograce. Is Cepeda bleeding? Is Cepeda bleeding from that headbutt? 
I saw him poke at his eye. He has a little swelling underneath the right eye. Maybe a slight cut. We'll see. Progress continuing to have more and more success as each round goes by. The end of the round and the round four. Are <coughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, pause your device real quick because um, I have to do something with my mom. So I'm um, pause it. And okay, now that we're back, I'm going to tell you the timestamp and then where to hit play. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, 16 minutes and 25 seconds of the fight. 16 minutes, 25 second mark. I'm going to do a countdown and then we're going to continue to play by play as they, you'll see that they're working on Cepeda's cuts. Five, four, three, two, one, hit play. All right. Cepeda's cut man working over his cut right above the right eye. And it definitely was from a headbutt because the referee signaled it as soon as it occurred. It did not occur from the from the jabs that Prograce landed or the left uh, crosses you land. They're about to show a replay. I think you're going to see where the headbutt occurred. Oh, no, it might not have been a headbutt. It might have been that right jab. I thought a headbutt landed. <clears throat> All right, we'll go to round five. Thought it was a headbutt. It might have been a punch there. I gave round four to Prograce, of course. So I've got Prograce ahead 39-37 after four rounds. <clears throat> Prograce sticking that jab now, landing that jab. The key to Prograce is, oh, nice stiff jab. The key to Prograce's success is the right jab. And he has done well the last three rounds in landing it. Because another stiff jab by Prograce. Now, Cepeda is not moving. He stayed in front of Prograce. And Haney will not be standing in front of Prograce. He's going to be moving. But still, even if Prograce is moving, I mean, even if Haney's moving, and Prograce is just dominating the round with that right jab. That right jab is, is working overtime for Regis Prograce. Nice jab there by Cepeda. But Prograce continues to stick that jab. And the best way for Prograce to cut off the ring is to land that right jab. And there he goes, sticking that jab, sticking that jab, sticking that jab. Nice left cross, right hook, right to the body by Prograce. Prograce dominating the fight. And Cepeda, that, oh, nice right hook by Prograce. Cepeda's got to answer back. It's been all Prograce here in the fifth round. Cepeda unable to stop Prograce's right jab. Right hook inside by, by Cepeda, but it's all Regis right now. Nice, another jab by Prograce. Prograce dominating the action, dominating them. Nice combination to the body by Prograce. Right hook by Cepeda, but that's one and done, and then he misses with a three-punch combination. Combination by Prograce, Cepeda ties him up about 31, 30 seconds left in round five. Another strong round for Prograce. 
Cepeda's got to go back to to establishing his jab. And then they butted heads again inside. Cepeda has got to reestablish his jab. He's not beating Prograis in the slugfest. He's got to fight. Oh, nice combination. Oh, there, a left cross by Cepeda. I mean by Prograis after Cepeda land. Nice combination. In the end of round five, another round in the bank for Prograis. 10-9. 49-46 Prograis after five rounds on my scorecard. Cepeda's got to step up his, his action. He's got to step up that right jab. He's not going to beat Progress in a slugfest. He can outbox Progress if he starts to land that jab. And they're showing the punch stats, ladies and gentlemen. I mentioned the, 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 the success of the jab. Progress has outlanded Cepeda 2-1. to one. 43 jabs he's landed in five rounds. That means Cepeda, that means um, Progress is landing eight to nine jabs a round, which is phenomenal in boxing. And it's the type of success he's going to have to have against Devin Haney to win that fight. He can't land four or five jabs around. He's got to land eight to ten jabs around against Devin Haney as we get ready for round six. There goes a double jab by Cepeda. Cepeda's got to step up his right jab. It worked well in the first round, but since round one, it's been all... Prograce with the oh stiff jab by Prograce. Cepeda with a double jab there. Cepeda showing showing a lot more uh, accuracy with his jab in this round. But there goes Prograce another double jab. Three punch combination by Prograce. Cepeda's going too too far. I mean he's going too long in between his punch <coughs> throwing punches. No matter what is going on in the fight, Prograis never abandons his right jab. Nice double jab there by Cepeda. Ooh, stiff right jab by Prograis. Like I mentioned, Prograis has one of the best jabs by, by any active softball today. One of the best. Ooh, nice left cross over the top by Cepeda. Cepeda with another right hook. Prograis misses with a left cross. And then Cepeda landing the left. And then once again, they come close to, to banging heads again. Halfway through round number six. Once again, Prograis continues to stick the jab out there. Combination there by Prograis. Right jab, left cross combination. Progr uh, Cepeda moving more and more. Nice jab by Cepeda. Double jab by Prograis. Just short. Oh, nice left cross over the top by Prograis. Another jab by Prograis. Cepeda has too many lulls in action. While Prograis continues to throw punches. There goes a combination by Prograis. You don't see any lulls in this fight so far by Prograis. You see too many lulls by Cepeda. Like right there, Cepeda should be throwing. But they go another headbutt. This is maybe the third or fourth headbutt in the fight. 
Stiff jab by Prograce. Cepeda comes back with a combination. Cepeda fall, fell short of his right jab right there. He fell short with that four-punch combination as they tie up inside. Cepeda's been much busier in this round than other rounds, but he is, is he's not landing, though. Prograce has been the more accurate puncher throughout this, throughout well, since the first round ended. End of the round, got to give that round to Prograce. Round six, I gave to Prograce 10-9. I got a 59-55 Prograce after six rounds. Cepeda's going to have to find a way to swing the momentum somehow in this fight. Halfway through 12 rounds for the vacant WBC Super Lightweight Championship of the World, a title Regis Progress once held before losing it to Josh Taylor a few years earlier when Josh Taylor became the undisputed Super Lightweight Champion of the World. And there goes uh, Jose Cepeda trying, trying. When he fought Jose Ramirez, I thought he beat Ramirez. To win a version of the Super Lightweight Championship. And unfortunately, Ramirez got the decision as we get ready for round seven. I thought Ramirez had won that fight. Both men come out sticking their right jabs. Progray's doing a lot of feigning. But he continues to pump that jab. He doesn't stop pumping that jab. Like I said, his success offensively comes off. The effectiveness of his right jab. Nice left cross over the top by uh, Regis. Another stiff jab by Regis. Jose is throwing jabs, but he's missing, and he's got to be much more active. Too many lows in the action by Jose. Nice stiff jab by Progress. Another jab by Progress. Cepeda misses with his jab. Misses with another jab. There goes a jab that landed by Cepeda. Oh, nice jab. Double jab by Cepeda. Cepeda has to step up his offense. Nice stiff jab by Prograce. He can't throw a double jab land and then don't do then don't throw any punches for 15, 20 seconds. There goes a nice jab by Cepeda. He's got to be much more active. He's got to throw more punches. Cepeda with a double jab there. Another, uh, they both landed their jabs at the same time right there. Much better round for Cepeda here in the seventh round. He hasn't won a round. Oh, nice combination decided. A left cross by Prograce. But Cepeda landed a combination before Prograce landed that left cross. Stiff jab by Cepeda. Right hook inside by Cepeda. It's the best round Cepeda's had since the first round. Cepeda missed with a right hook and a right jab. But Cepeda has been more aggressive in this round. Nice left cross inside by Cepeda. Another left cross by Cepeda. Prograce comes back, goes to the body, but they look like they banged heads again. Surprised they're not at more cuts than what we see so far in this fight. Both men landed jabs right there. Oh, nice combination inside by Cepeda. And once again, they banged heads while they went inside there. Nice stiff jab by Prograce and the Cepeda came back with a 3-4 punch combination. 
Wild right hook that uh, Progress missed. Now there's a cut on the cheekbone. Oh, nice left cross by Progress. There's a cut on the right cheekbone of, of Cepeda, probably from one of those headbutts. Now he's bleeding above the eye. And, oh, nice left cross by Progress. The end of round seven. I'm going to give that round to Cepeda because even though in the last 30 seconds, Progress landed a nice couple of left crosses. The first two and a half minutes belonged to Cepeda. So now I have it 68-65 Cepeda. I mean, Progress after seven rounds as I gave Cepeda the seventh round. They work it on the cuts. He's got a cut on his right cheekbone and above his right eye. Cepeda is. And Progress has been lucky to avoid the cuts. Because these guys have bagged heads five or six times throughout the first seven rounds. They show the action from early in the fight. Oh, that was a nice left cross that Progress landed. As we get ready for round eight. Progress continues to pump that jab. Even if he misses, he still throws the jab. There goes another jab by, by Progress. Nice left cross over the top by Progress. We're in round eight. Jab to the body by Progress. Cepeda threw one punch in the first 30 seconds of this round. That's not good enough to beat a fighter like Progress. I'll tell you one thing. Haney won't be throwing just one punch in 30 seconds. Both men landed a jab right there. Nice jab there by Cepeda. Another nice jab by Cepeda, counter left cross over the top by Progress. Double jab by uh, Cepeda. Nice stiff jab by Cepeda. Another stiff jab by Cepeda. Cepeda's got to do more than the jab, though. He's got to land that left cross after landing that jab. He landed another jab right there. He's got to follow up those jabs with that left cross. He did that in the first round. He's done it fewer and far between since then. Another right jab by Cepeda. Cepeda's got to, he's got to uncork that left hand. Another stiff jab by Cepeda. Another jab inside by Cepeda. Progress land, landed a left cross there after a couple of jabs he landed. Another left cross there by uh, Progress. Regis is letting go of the left hand. Cepeda's not. Jab to the body by Cepeda. That right hook by Progress caught Cepeda on top of the head with the oh nice left cross inside by Cepeda. Actually, that yeah, that was a left cross by Cepeda. Left to the body by Cepeda. Strong body shot there by Cepeda. Oh, nice left cross over the top. Then a left cross by Progress. Cepeda landed his first. Cepeda out hustling Progress here in round eight. Outlanding him too. And he's been out jabbing him in this round, which is the key to beating Regis Progress. It's to 
neutralize his jab with your jab. Nice stiff jab there by Cepeda. Progress came back with three jabs. Only the third one landed. Left cross over the top by Cepeda is now leaving that right jab out there. Oh, well, but Progress just missed with that left. Progress is trying to counter that jab with his left cross, which is smart. But this is a, another good round for Cepeda. Round eight I gave to Cepeda. The bell's about to ring. They tie up inside. Nice left to the body by Cepeda as the round ends. Round eight I gave to Cepeda. I have it now 77-75 progress after eight rounds. A great weapon for Haney against progress would be the same weapon he used against Lomachenko, the right to the body. As you heard throughout the Haney-Lomachenko uh, watch-along play-by-play I did early in the podcast, that was what I thought was the deciding factor in beating Lomachenko. And I think Haney is going to have to use that same shot to beat Haney. It's got to be effective as we get ready for round nine of a scheduled 12 rounds for the vacant WBC Super Lightweight Championship of the World, round nine. Progress throwing the jab out, not landing, but he continues to pump the jab out. He never forgets about his jab, right jab there by uh, Cepeda. Cepeda jab to the body. Nice double jab by Cepeda. Oh, nice stiff jab by uh, Progress. Last few rounds, Progress has been very inaccurate with his jab. He keeps throwing it, but he's not landing like he was landing between rounds two through five. Both men continue to work by now. Left cross just grazed Cepeda. Both men landed their jabs right there. Both men, again, landed their jabs at the same time. Both men pumping that jab. Both men not abandoning their jabs, which is smart. Smart boxing by both men throughout this fight. That was a stiff jab there by Cepeda. Cepeda having more and more success with that right jab. The last three rounds. Oh, nice left to the body by Cepeda. Nice stiff jab by both men. Both men on a nice stiff jabs there. Nice stiff jab by Progress. Progress beginning to land a jab again. Nice stiff jab again by Progress. Progress beginning to land that jab again. He was misfiring the last few rounds. He's back to being, oh, nice stiff jab inside by Cepeda. Left cross over the top by Progress. Another left cross by Progress. Regis back to doing what he was doing in, from rounds two to six. Landing the right jab and and following it up with that beautiful left cross of his. Oh, another left cross by Regis Prograce. Stiff jab by Prograce. Prograce with another left cross. I don't know. Cepeda hurt because Prograce is landing at will now. And Cepeda stopped throwing punches. 
Progress regaining the momentum in his fight that he lost the last couple of rounds. No, Cepeda wasn't hurt, but he's just not throwing punches. He's got to throw. He's got to throw combinations because Regis will not stop throwing that jab. Left cross over the top, three punch combination by Regis. Nice double left there by uh, Cepeda to the head and the body. And once again, they're banging heads inside. And Cepeda is trying to maul Prograce. Nice combination to the body by Prograce at the end of the round. Strong round for Prograce. I gave round nine to Prograce, 10-9. I've got it now 87-84 Prograce after nine rounds. As, in my opinion, he's regained the momentum and he continued to work on Cepeda's cuts in the corner. Any junior welterweight, super lightweight, and they showed Prograce outlanded Cepeda 3-1 to one in that round. So, yes, he uh, easily won that round. Any super lightweight that wants to make a mark in the division, in this talent-laden division, needs to fight Jose Cepeda first. As Jose Cepeda is now the gatekeeper of the super lightweight division. As we get ready for round number 10. It's been an excellent fight so far, ladies and gentlemen. Not a rock'em, sock'em fight, but both men giving it their all and both men having success, especially Regis with that right jab. Double jab by Regis. Another stiff jab by Regis. Regis back to pumping that jab. Nice right jab, left cross combination by Regis. Both men landing the jab right there. Oh, stiff jab by Cepeda. <coughs> Another jab by Cepeda. Ooh! Oh! Oh! I wonder if Cepeda hurt progress there because he landed a beautiful four-punch combination. Two jabs and two left crosses. That was the best combination Cepeda's landed in the entire fight. But he stopped throwing punches. I think he ran Prograce. Oh, nice combination to the body by Prograce. Oh, nice left to the body by Cepeda. Best action of the fight so far. Prograce with two devastating body shots. Right jab. Left cross over the top by, by Prograce. Is Cepeda hurt, or is he trying to lure Prograce into an exchange? No, Cepeda's not hurt because he landed a combination inside right there. Best action round of the fight. Oh, nice left to the body by Cepeda. Oh, nice left inside by Prograce. This is a, a tremendous round here, round 10. Oh, nice double left to the body by Cepeda. Combination to the body by Prograce. Both men tied up inside. A lot of headbutt inside also. Prograce with a nice left uppercut inside. Right to the body by Prograce. Prograce now banging the body. Cepeda banging the body. One action, 45 seconds left in round number 10. Easily the best action. Oh, nice uppercut by Cepeda. Cepeda doing a lot of holding, though. The referee's got to warn him. He's hitting and then holding now. 
while inside. And maybe that's because Cepeda could be exhausted. Oh, nice left-right combination by Cepeda. The Progress came back with a combination. Oh, beautiful right hook by uh, Progress there after Cepeda landed a combination. What a round. This was a lot of ebb and flow here in round number 10. Oh, nice double uppercut by Cepeda at the end of the round. I gave that round to Cepeda. Cepeda bleeding over the left eye now. I've got a 96-94 progress after 10 rounds. So, let's count the cuts. Cepeda's bleeding above the left eye, the right eye, and the right cheek. And now, progress is bleeding from the nose. That was a tremendous round as they show highlights from the 10th round. That was a beautiful right jab, left cross combination. And that's when I thought Progress was hurt. But he quickly recovered. And, and Progress has quick recovery powers. As shown in his fight against Josh Taylor. Every time Taylor hurt Progress. Oh, there goes a nice right hook, right jab that he landed. Left cross inside by Cepeda. Cepeda landed his best punches in the round. Nice left to the body. And a right hook there by Progress. Tremendous action in round 10 as we get ready for round 11. Cepeda's still in the fight. He's only down by two points with two rounds left on my scorecards. And we begin round 11. Again, both men going back to the jab. Nice left cross right to the body by Progress. Right jab by Cepeda. Progress continues to pump that jab even though he's missing. Nice stiff jab there by Progress. Progress just missed with that left cross. Nice right jab by. Oh, both men landing landed a jab. Nice double. Oh, nice left cross there by Regis. That staggered him. That hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. Cepeda's hurt. Progress up against the ropes of Cepeda. Cepeda's in major trouble. Down goes Cepeda. The referee stopped the fight. It's over. It's over. Regis Progress has regained the WBC Lightweight Championship. It all started with a picture-perfect left cross. And then Cepeda was out on his feet up against the ropes. Progress jumped on him, dropped him. The referee stopped the fight. Tremendous performance by Regis Progress. Kudos to Jose Cepeda. He's always a tough out. And ladies and gentlemen, you could stop. You could stop the... Uh, the fight footage there as we are uh, moving out from that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back. But first, I'm going to play a voice note from Gritty. And then after, after we hear Gritty's voice note, I will go into my prediction. I'm going to read a prediction from one of my listeners, and then I'm going to finally give you my prediction on who will win this fight between Regis Prograce and Devin Haney. But with that said, I just don't think this is a hard fight to predict for me. 
I see Devin Haney running away with a a landslide decision. You know, I'm thinking an 8-4 type of fight, possibly a 9-3 type of fight. Uh, I just, I think he, he might fa face some adversity because that's Devin Haney. He faced adversity in a lot of these fights he has. But I think that's what makes him a great fighter is he pushed through it. And so I think uh, Saturday, it won't be any different. I got Devin Haney, unanimous decision. The Hitman Chronicles. Salute to my OG Rob Silver, the great, the one and only. I'm happy to be a part of another preview show. This time we got Devin Haney moving up to 140 pounds, challenging the current WBC champion, Regis Progray. I think this is a, a classic matchup of boxer versus puncher. I think we have the champion. I think he's on a decline right now. You know, I think uh, Regis is on a decline. I'm not judging him off his last performance. I just think when you think about his age, his activity, and everything considering, I just think he's on the on the decline right now. And I think he got a young budding star. And Devin Haney moving up in weight, which is interesting that this is his first fight at 140. And now he's saying that this is really just a pit stop for him to grab this belt and move up to welterweight. So we'll see if he's serious about that. But back to the fight. I see this fight playing out uh, pretty simple, honestly. Uh, I see Devin Haney just kind of boxing him, keeping everything on the outside. I think when you look at the, the fight... With Regis and Zorilla, Regis had a lot of problems with Zorilla's movement. Like his movement gave him a lot of issues. Regis was swinging at a lot of air that night. He was missing a lot of punches. He was getting very frustrated. I think if he don't correct some of those mistakes, that Devin Haney is just going to eat off of him all night. Jab, jab, one-twos. Mix a couple combos in there later on in the fight. But I also think... Haney should be smart to know that uh, this guy Regis Progray, he has major power, major power. I know he has a very high knockout percentage. And if he connects with something, we will see what Devin Haney's chin is really about, which a lot of people said that his chin hasn't been tested, which I disagree. I think his chin has, we have seen him take some hits. You know, we all know about the Linares wobbling him. We all know about, uh, even Loma giving him some issues late in the fight. This is a different type of power that he's dealing with right here. This is really grown man strength, big boy power that Regis possess. And I'm 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 very interested in knowing how both men make the weight, even though Devin Haney is moving up just to talk some him going up to welterweight gives me uh you know indication that maybe he's not he's still not making one forty as easy as we might have thought he would. And Regis has been flirting with the ideal of growing up for a while himself, and he's getting older. So I think a lot of that is gonna it's gonna play a role in the fight. Yeah, the OG Rob Silver just doesn't have anybody come on the podcast and bring that prediction. I have students of the game, Terrence, Gritty, Kobe. Students of the game, guys that have been watching boxing since they were in their fucking diapers, right? 
come on here and, and give their analysis. And all three make great points. Gritty really hit the nail on the head. Regis in his last fight against Daniel Soria, a fight I didn't mention because I figured Gritty would in, in Regis' historical overview. Plus, I wanted to uh, have that not hinder the play-by-play -play between Regis and uh, Jose Cepeda that I just that I just played. Soria gave Regis a lot of fits by his constant moving. And it was a horrible fight to watch because Regis was not utilizing the jab like he did against Jose Cepeda, like he did against Josh Taylor, like he did in all his fights. If Regis doesn't use his jab against Devin Haney, it's going to be a very long night for Regis' progress. Gritty made a great point about Devin Haney already saying he's moving up to 147. It's just going to be a pit stop. It won't be the first time that's happened. In the history of boxing, the two greatest defensive fighters of my lifetime, Pernell Whitaker and Floyd Mayweather, made a pit stop at 140 before going to 147. 147 is the greatest division in the history of the sport, period. The greatest of the greats have fought at 147. If you look at the history of the 147-pound division, Henry Armstrong, Sugar Ray Robinson, Carmen Basilio, Kid Gavilan, Emil Griffith, Louis Rodriguez, Jose Napolis, Carlos Palomino. I'm going to keep going off the top of my head. Pepino Cuevas, Sugar Ray Leonard, Wilfred Benitez, Roberto Duran, Thomas Hearns, Donald Curry, Felix Tito Trinidad, Oscar De La Hoya, Ike Corte, Pernell Whitaker. I'm going to keep going. Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, Shane Mosley. I'm going to keep going. Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford. I just mentioned a who's who of great welterweight champions since the 1940s. No other division can compare to the welterweight division historically with those names that I just mentioned. These were all guys in their prime who were phenomenal at welterweight. And except for a few, Ike Quarte, it's not in, in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Except for a few, they all are in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. And mostly for the exploits at welterweight. Henry Armstrong held the featherweight, lightweight, and welterweight title undisputed all at the same time. So Devin Haney and his father, Bill Haney, are students of the game. They know that a title reign at 140 is not as prestigious, is not as lucrative as going to 147. And the fight everybody's going to want to see at 147 is Boots versus Haney. So, fingers crossed, hopefully that happens in the future. My only problem with him saying this is Floyd and Purnell didn't say they were making a pit stop at 140. They won their fight, at, their, their titles at 140, and then they moved up. The one thing that I worry about this fight with Devin Haney is what he stated over and over again throughout the last few months, feuding with fighters on Twitter. Uh saying that Shakur would have fought him had Shakur taken the 25%. Talking about, uh, oh, yeah, let's get it on with Tank. He's talked more about Tank and Shakur Stevenson the last few months 
than he has about his opponent, Regis Progress. Now, I'm not saying Devin Haney is overlooking Regis Progress. Maybe he's a bit too confident, but then again, you're in boxing and you have to be confident. I just hope he's not overlooking Regis Progress because we know Regis Progress is not overlooking Devin Haney. Now, I've got an, one last prediction to read from my buddy Dre. He emailed me a prediction. So let me go to my email and read that prediction. All right, where's your prediction, Dre? Dre, 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 Dre. Oh, man. Uh, let me do a search. See if I find it here. Nope, let me do another search. Oh, man, you hate that air, huh? Here we go. Here's Dre's prediction. And Dre writes, First of all, I appreciate you making time to preview this potentially classic battle between two top-level fighters. The thing that makes this fight most intriguing is that Regis has been a super lightweight stalwart for quite some time. Yes, eight years, by the way. Haney has also been a super talent, but this is a test of his moving up to a bigger and more rugged opponent. If Haney could stick to the game plan of using the speed and athleticism with superior reach that he has, it will be a long night for Progress. Progress has slowed down in volume as he has aged, and I'm sure he'll be using his punch output wisely in this fight. However, if he does not get off to a good start, he will be fighting from behind and will fall right into Haney's game plan. Haney's stamina is a concern as he tied down the stretch against Romo, well, he meant Loma, typo, against Loma and took some tremendous shots. The fight will go to distance with Haney's hand being raised via split decision. And as he always says, as Dre always reminds me, he bleeds scarlet and gray and he's always yelling go bucks cincinnati late native dre and a huge supporter of all the cincinnati ohio teams ohio state a huge cavaliers fan huge cincinnati bengals fan shout out to uh dre and dre i echo a lot of the same sentiments you said a lot of the same sentiments gritty said a lot of the same sentiments kobe said and a lot of the same sentiments Terrence said, I can see everything you guys said happening verbatim. Haney has shown stamina issues in his fights versus Jojo Diaz, Jorge Linares, and Lomachenko. He didn't show stamina issues against Cambosis because uh, Cambosis was just trying to survive both fights. Cambosis is not on the level of Devin Haney. Regis Prograce has never shown stamina issues. Um, but he has lost a step, as most of you brothers mentioned. Against Aurelia, he was swinging and misses. He wasn't working behind that jab. Um, I see, this is how I look at the fight. I see Haney getting off to a quick start. Like he does in all, like he did against Lomachenko. Like he did against Diaz and Linares. Like he did the entire fight against Cambosis. He's going to move. I know him and, and his father have seen tapes of the Zerillia fight. And so they're going to use that as the blueprint to move. Use the superior jab, uh, superior reach. They both have great jabs. I'm not saying Haney has the greater jab, but he's the younger, faster fighter. And he's going to be on the, on the move utilizing that tremendous left jab of his. I also see Haney getting tired because Regis is going to put a lot of pressure on Haney. And I don't think Haney can hurt Regis. I think he could keep him at bay 
with his boxing ability, but I don't think he can hurt Regis. We know Regis will be able to hurt Haney because Haney has never fought a puncher like Regis Prograce. And so the first half of the fight, I see Regis dominating. Second half of the fight, I see... I'm, the first half of the fight, I see Haney dominating. I made a mistake. First half of the fight, I see Haney dominating with his movement, with his jab, with his boxing ability. But eventually, round seven or eight, Haney is going to tire, as he does. And I see progress beginning to land. I see the fight being more inside. And I've been going at this for a long time now. And now I have no choice but to make my decision. I've got Devin Haney winning by split decision. He might even get knocked down late in the fight, but I think he's got a lot of heart. And I think he will finish the fight on his feet, win a split decision. It won't be a hometown decision. It will be earned because I think he'll win enough rounds early to eke out a split decision versus Regis Progress. Now, I'm going to be rooting for Regis. I've always loved Regis. Regis as a boxer, as a dude. He's a great dude. He's a great community dude. He's done a lot for both Houston and New Orleans in the community, especially the black communities. I'm going to be rooting for Regis, but I think because of his age, because historically, when you have a great older fighter fight a great young fighter, there's been a few exceptions. Floyd Mayweather versus Canelo Alvarez. Um... There's been a few occasions. That's not just the only one, but there's uh, Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman. Usually the fighter with the younger legs wins the fight. And I think that plus Devin Haney always getting off to a strong start and being able to keep Regis at bay will win him the fight. Regis has to use his jab, ladies and gentlemen. He cannot try and walk down Devin Haney without that jab. Regis has a tremendous right jab. And we will see. Um, Devin Haney by split decision. I want to thank all the participants for giving their great analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be in for a treat Saturday night in San Francisco. Live on pay-per-view. Um, if you have no means of seeing it illegally like I do. <laughs> go ahead and pay the pay-per-view. It's worth it. That fight, it's a one-fight card. No other fight that night on the other card matters. It's all about. Devin Haney trying to make history, as he says, a pit stop to 147. Um, hopefully, he's not looking forward to 147. Hopefully, all his focus will be on Saturday night against Regis Progress. This is a legacy fight for Regis Progress. This is also a legacy fight for Devin Haney as he continues his climb to possibly being one of the greatest fighters of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll be back Saturday night. No, we'll be back Sunday morning or maybe Monday morning because depending on how this fight is, I just don't want to rush the podcast out there. Either Sunday or Monday of next week, we will be back with the Devin Haney versus Regis Progress recap show. Until next week when we talk about what happened this upcoming Saturday night. I want everybody out there listening to the Hitman Chronicles to continue to always be blessed and be a blessing.